We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday... Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today. I tell you what, it's December 16th, 2015. My name is DJ Trainer. You can find me on Twitter at TrainerDJ. And of course, I'm joined, as always, on Wednesday by Josh Hayes. You can find Josh on Twitter at Josh Hayes. FS Josh, you're a big Sacramento Kings fan. We're going to get into a lot of stuff, but before we do anything, what did you think of that Rudy Gay dunk over Patrick Beverly last night? It was pretty sweet, but like people are overhyping it in my mind. Like he did the DeAndre Jordan thing, which I'm never really a fan of, which is like you dunk it, but you really only got your fingertips on the rim. Sure. You know, so like if I'm like the Russian judge when it comes to that sort of <laughs> stuff, you know, I deduct points for fingertip dunks. I don't care that people were like, oh my gosh, DeAndre Jordan just, DeAndre Jordan just like, he, he, what he did is he, did a finger a reverse finger roll rather than finger roll palm up he palm down finger rolled the ball into the rim and that's what Rudy Gay did so you know if you need to grab the rim like a man if you're going to count an actual dunk so you sir he gets like the bronze medal for me like people okay. are like oh and I was like yeah yeah so there you have it all right we're getting out of the gates quick here I will agree that uh, DeAndre Jordan especially 
he he throws it in a lot. If it's going to be a dunk, I think you need to touch the rim technically, and at least Gay did touch the rim. A yes. little bit overhyped in my opinion, but there was only four games last night. we got to get hyped about something. All right, some formalities here. Of course, as you know, if you're listening to this podcast, that it's available on iTunes and Stitcher. It's also available on rotowire.com. Um, you can just click on the podcast tab in the far right-hand corner. Feel free to li- re- feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues we'd love to have it we'd really appreciate it like i mentioned only four games last night so we're going to quickly go through the box scores me and josh are going to go then over some breaking news we've got some twitter questions and then uh we both had a couple trade scenarios in some leagues um that uh that we're in and we're going to go over some things that happened i know i just traded away uh, um drummond and josh had a trade that was vetoed he'd like to talk about or airs grievances about um we're getting close to fest uh festivus so uh airing those grievances grievances um, has to happen. Josh, let's quickly jump in to the box scores. We'll kick it off with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Took on Boston Celtics and really dominated 89 to 77. Everything was, you know, things were made too big of the whole Kevin Love, Kelly Olinick, J.R. Smith, uh, Jay Crowder thing. Nothing really manifested in terms of that. Just a thorough beatdown by the Cavaliers, 89 to 77. Nothing too spectacular happened in the box score. I'm taking a look at it. You only have three Cavs players that score in double digits, which is a little bit interesting. Of course, you have James, Love, and Mo Williams. Uh, James had 24, Love with 20, Mo Williams with 10. Uh, My question for you, Josh, is are we actually underrating Love so far this season? He came away with 20 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal, and 2 blocks. Not that long ago, this guy was was easily one of the top 5 fantasy options in the league, You know, top 3 centers in the league. He goes over to the Cleveland. He's playing a second fiddle to LeBron, but I think he's still an elite fantasy guy because he helps out across the box score, and especially in that 3-point category for a power forward designated player. Yeah, you know what? I think people were just sort of like making a little bit too much out of LeBron saying, oh, I'm deferring. It's going to be I'm just going to try to find all my teammates all season long. That sort of all went to crap when, like, you know, Cleveland lost three in a row. And then meanwhile, Golden Golden State was winning every single game possible. And you just felt like you could feel like Cleveland really felt like they were second fiddle again. And then become sort of like a mental thing, you know, as to whether or not they can like they're going to have the right mindset going into the playoffs and whether or not they can beat Golden State. So LeBron had to sort of take things into his own hands he's been leading the team in shots he does it again but meanwhile Kevin Love has been doing Kevin Love things he's just not you just have to separate the fact that he is not the Minnesota Kevin Love anymore if you put go in your mind and you have that um you know in your head there he's still a double double um threat 20 points eight rebounds you love the assists there it's still a smart guy we'll, we'll grab a steal two blocks is very nice because he's actually not a very good shot blocker uh overall and I think it maybe in it, it like in terms of efficiency, it probably gets much better for him. Although the scoring may may take a little bit of a of a hit when Kyrie Irving come, comes back. So I think that you should be pretty happy overall with Kevin Love because he's still performing like I don't know top ten power forward, which is a top fifty player, which is about where he should have been drafted. Yep, fair enough, fair enough. And so um, I don't really expect too much more, too much less out of him. But that let me just go over his season averages. He's averaging a double double, like you said, eighteen points, eleven rebounds. Three assists out of a power forward center eligible player. I'll take that. Three assists. Well, it's 2.6. Almost a full steal and half a block. Like you said, maybe you'd like a little more. But otherwise, um, he's humming along. He's a plug-and-play guy, but just wanted to check in on Mr. Love, considering you know how good he was or Minnesota good he was. Not all that long ago, looking at Boston, ho-hum, box score pretty much they only scored 77 points so there's really not much to look at you still have the carousel in the front court and in the back court I would even argue that that's somewhat of a carousel in terms of who's going to produce on a given night Bradley can go off Thomas can go off Evan Turner once in a blue moon he'll even go off as well yeah, you know what? For me, uh, Jay Crowder is actually the guy like that, um, like separate from this box score that I'm still pretty super interested in. I mean, he played 27 minutes, 14 points, three rebounds, but he's been an absolute stat stuffer everywhere on this uh, in this offense. Like to two guys, I can 
honestly feel like I can trust the most uh, to perf- to perform con- and produce consistent fancy value right now is Isaiah Thomas and, and Jay Crowder with you know like an honorable mention to Avery Bradley who's locked in at the two the only one who's I think Avery Bradley's been leading the team in in minutes but um, those are like Jay Crowder like was a waiver wire guy who everybody picked up off the waiver and has been absolute money all season long. Love him in head-to-head formats where he'll chip in and every single category gets you some rebounds, you know, steals, blocks, hit a tre- hit a three, hit four threes in this game, believe it or not. So, yeah, um, that's that's my sneaky play for people who are, are not on the Jay Crowder train. They need to get on board. And nobody's more surprised at his output than me. I mean, this guy spent two and a half years in Dallas as a bench warmer. He was averaging 17, 17 minutes at the most during his rookie season coming from Marquette, but he just never really put up any any stats. He was really good in steals and, and not terrible at blocks and three-pointers. But when he was traded to Boston, I was just like, well, all right, so they traded a bench player. Turns out he's a starting small forward. Nice piece to work around. Like you said, Josh, I completely agree with you. Thomas is one of the very few people on this team that, I, that I'll be willing to roll with on any given night. Jay Crowder, usually his price tag is so low. Um, you know, if you're playing on DraftKings, that that's certainly the case usually. But that front court is is dangerous, people. It is really dangerous. Uh, any one of those guys can go off if given enough minutes, but they're still doing that thing. Coach Brad Stevens is where they're all seeing, you know, 24 to 28 minutes, and who knows which one is ever going to see more time on the court on any given night. So let's keep it moving. A couple of young budding teams, the Denver Nuggets and the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Nuggets come away with an away win, one on twelve to one hundred. Again, nothing too terribly exciting happened in the box scores last night in all four of these games. That's why we're just going to kind of brush through them. I will say that without Emmanuel Moutier on the court, however, you had Jameer Nelson starting last night. He only saw twenty three minutes of action. I'm actually. You know, if if I had to pick somebody to uh, to harp on while Moutier is out, I'd maybe go more Randy Foy, who saw 25 minutes, 19 points, two rebounds, two assists, two steals. Every single year, it seems like we go on a week and a half spur where Foy is like a really valuable guy. You pick him up and then you drop him the next week. Essentially, do you think that's the case now, or or am I overvaluating Randy Foy as I have done throughout my entire life? You are overvaluing Randy Foy as you have done throughout your entire life. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, uh, Will Barton is the man in this offense. Okay, I'm just gonna say that right now. He didn't perform like it last uh, last game, but uh, and he's coming off the bench, which blows my mind still because I really respect Mike Malone as a coach. I think he's a very bright minded guy. But um, you, this is your best player on your team, in, in my mind. Period. Um, you know, two way player can you know look five assists, seven rebounds, um, will steal and block shots, can hit the three, does everything. Everybody else on the court somewhere has a hole on this team, except for Will Barton. And Will Barton is long; he can play like the two, three, and even maybe stretch four um, as well. So I just can't wait. For, where I'm on free Will Barton and I'm on free Zach Levine. These are the two things I want to say about this box score. There you go. Will Barton, yeah, Will Barton needs to be starting, and it, it's a wonder that he's not. Um, Gary Harris probably would be the person who would move to the bench in that case. Manu Moutier dealing with an ankle injury. He's missed the past two games, but it seems more of like a day-to-day thing. And, of course, in a season where he's your prize possession or arguably your prize possession, you're not going to rush him out onto the court and his ruin, ruin his career before it even has really taken off. Zach Levine, you mentioned it. Free him, man. Come on. Give him some minutes. Give him some starting time. He's got 20 points, four rebounds, five assists, a steal, a block, only tur- two turnovers and 25 minutes of action. He added a three-pointer there for you on 8 of 18 shooting. I think, unfortunately, Josh, we're at the point where we have – I think we've literally said it every single podcast, free Zach Levine, but we're just not going to see it and we have to live with it. So let's just say he's still slotted into that 24 to 26 minutes a night off the bench. Is he a viable option in season long for you? Are you still trying to run him out in daily? Um, um, it depends on the, on the slate too. I'm probably not trying to run him out in daily because um, I can find spots where there's other point guards, like for instance, Darren Collison yesterday, that's getting like 40 plus minutes. Jameer Nelson, to me, I, I want more minutes than Zach Levine's providing there. I want him to take the job from Ricky Rubio and you know turn Ricky Rubio over to the Sopranos or something like that. Just bury him somewhere because uh, you know like. Uh, I, I, he did fine in this game, but we still are talking uh, about a guy who easily has got to be the worst shooter, a uh, starting point guard, uh, you know, in terms of like field goal percentage. 
34.5%. Listen, DJ, me and you, we can get 34.5% on the floor somewhere in the NBA right now. Okay? This is what I'm talking about. He's shooting 24 from three. What are you doing? If you're ever behind the three-point line, that means you should do nothing but pass. Nothing but pass pass okay i just don't get it i don't get it he's not a guy who's getting better anywhere he's not getting better in scoring he's not getting better in assists uh well you know like the turnovers are a little bit down but so are the minutes you know which makes sense because he deserves less minutes because he's not better than zach levine i'm going to end my rant now otherwise it's going to be a two-hour show there's your weekly rant about zach levine and ricky rubio stay tuned next week when we do it all over again because when you're talking about zach levine you have to talk about ricky rubio and how he's overrated obviously there's a lot of people that will fight me and you josh to the death about that analytically analytics guys included um so some people make the argument that when he's on the court everyone performs better offensive rating efficiency you can say whatever you want the Timberwolves are 9 and 15 and they have a lot of good young pieces I for one think that they would be even better if they use Levine better or more so than Ricky Rubio until that day comes Josh this will be our f- official podium to to rant and rave about it but let's keep it moving kind of regroup, take a couple deep breaths. We got that out of the way. It's going to be joyful from here on out. Well, <laughs> maybe not. We're going to talk about your Sacramento Kings. Um, however, right. they, they won 107-97. We briefly touched about it. Darren Collis moves into the starting lineup because Rajon Rondo was serving that one-game suspension. Mm-hmm. He did really well, 14 points, 13 assists. I will say he had eight turnovers, so that did curb his value um, on DraftKings or season-long leagues, wherever you were playing him. But in all, you know, for all intents and purposes, if Darren Collison is going to see big minutes, as we've seen throughout his career, he's totally worthy of a roster spot. Yeah, you know what? He's actually uh, owned in my deep 14-team league, and I think it makes sense, actually. And, you know, um, George Call has done what does what he has promised, which is play them together a little bit. So he is on the court with Rondo at times. He's I've seen him finish a lot of fourth quarters in favor of Ben McLemore, who's been a little uneven in terms of production. So the guy has value. And, you, um, and he's still playing a good amount of minutes for uh, somebody who's a, a, a backup one. And this is why people were sort of like, or Sacramento fans anyway, were sort of like screaming, like, what are you doing signing Rondo Darren Collison had such a good season last year and even Darren Collison like chirped in about like you know somebody said hey you know man you were going ham last year I can't believe they signed Rondo you know what's that all about and he's like good question (laughs) and then like retweeted it so (laughs) well I tell you what Sacramento has always done a good job of of taking whoever their point guard is and proving to them over and over that they're not good enough Isaiah Thomas anybody Isaiah Thomas Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know what? This is the first time. Well, now they have George Carl um, in the mix here, who looks like he's actually got the guys buying into uh, the, the system, and they're on board. They do a, a, do do a, do 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 a much better job of moving the ball. D- case in point here: uh, Omri Caspi with six assists, yeah. uh, Darren Carlson with thirteen assists uh, there as well. We know Rajon Rondo leads the league in assists per game. So like they've transformed themselves into a high paced team that plays fast, that have, are trying to copy the, uh, this is my theme of the week here is that everybody in the league is trying to copy the golden States warriors blueprint at power forward by playing their three at the four. Yeah. And, and the uh, Sacramento Kings are no exception. Now they have Rudy Gay at the four and Omri Caspi at the three, and it's working out. Rudy Gay comes up with 13 rebounds, so he's he actually out-rebounded Cousins, so he's embracing it. And um, shout-out to my boy Benny Ricciardi, who hates that DeMarcus Cousins is dropping trays still. You know, it's just going to keep happening, I mean, for good or for worse. You know, he hits two or four from three. So he's going to live out there for a little bit, and it's going to be to the benefit of guys like Rudy Gay and Omri Caspi, like on the rebounding end. But um, yeah, good overall performance, bad in terms of turnovers, but you don't care when you get the win. There's your Sacramento Kings breakdown from a good Sacramento Kings fan right there. Josh Hayes giving it to us. Uh, to back you up a little bit in that Darren Collison, uh, in terms of him actually still being a viable option in, in maybe 14-team leagues even, uh, over his last nine games, not including last night's game where he saw 14 or 41 minutes and had the starters roll and whatnot, so last nine games he's averaging 26 minutes, almost 14 points, two rebounds, four assists, a steal, 
And, and what really helps you out here is that his field goal percentage over those nine games was 46%. So from the, from the point guard standpoint, that's, that's really not bad. I think that's above league average. Um, you had 96.4% from the charity stripe, and that, that obviously helps you out. 1.23s made per game. So, yes, um, Josh, you're, whoever has that guy in your 14-team league, I, I think it's a, a worthy option to be had. And so he's going to move back to the backup role behind Rondo, but we've seen him play on the same on the same court or the same rotation with Rondo. So he has some value in those deeper leagues for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, Houston Rockets, let's briefly touch on them. Harden goes out for 33. Dwight Howard seems to be unhappy. He came out publicly in the media and said all those reports are bogus, lies, 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 although you know what? We've heard that basically at every other one of his destinations, and it kind of turned out to be true. Orlando, L.A., whatnot. He's only seeing 28 minutes Four points, four rebounds, two assists, a steal, a block. You cannot be having that considering where he was drafted preseason coming into this year. Now, are you by? Or are you at the point where you want to get rid of Howard um, for fantasy because it, it seems like the Rockets might be shopping him around? Um, you know, if he sees a new destination, do you see a rejuvenation in his career? Or are we dealing with injuries? Or what's going on? What's your what's your pulse on Dwight Howard at this point in the year? About a third of the way through the season. Okay, for fantasy purposes, this is probably going to tell you everything you need to know. Right now, I would trade Dwight Howard. If I owned Dwight Howard, first of all, I didn't. If you, I owned Dwight Howard, somebody like um, like transformed into my body or like hacked my password. Okay, because I would never draft him <laughs> in any league. All right. Second of all, if I owned Dwight Howard by some like crazy miracle, like people are giving me Steph Curry, but you got to take Dwight Howard too, just like that. Would that's the, that's the scenario for me, right? That I would end up having him on my team. I would trade Dwight Howard for like a half-eaten hot pocket right now. Like you don't even have to give wow. me a player. What player flavor back. though? Because that's important. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It could be cheese. You okay. know what I mean? It's like <laughs> preferably pepperoni because like uh, I do like pepperoni. But like if it's just do they they pick the pepperonis out by hand, I would still take the half-eaten hot pocket. <laughs> That's that's where I'm at with Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard is like Robert Parrish right now. Why does this guy need to be rested every other game? I know he's injury prone, but bro, you're healthy and they're pl- and they're playing you like m- minutes like like you're you know 45 years old or something like that. Like it's Shaq in the at the end of his career, and you've got to just try to keep him healthy for the playoffs. You know what I mean? You know what the Rockets are? They're out of the playoffs right now. They have a losing record. They just lost to the Sacramento Kings, which would almost never happen. Like this is last season. Um, you know James Harden would have smacked the Kings with their with his beard and then walked off the court after he dropped like another game winning three or something like that. Or they would have blew him out by 15. It wouldn't have been close. Now these this is a team that can't beat other teams that are not in the playoff race right now it's an absolute mess and they didn't fix their problems by firing kevin McHale. so um and now they have and they and they have a wasted roster spot in 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 ty lawson too who's just you know playing seven minutes uh off the bench that team is an absolute hot hot (laughs) mess uh overall can't agree with you more they got to get rid of ty lawson it seems like howard might be on the move too um Oh, what was I going to say? I completely forgot what I was going to say. J.B. Bickerstaff thought maybe he could do a little something-something. That hasn't been the case. Um, and I'm just never going to – oh, right, now I remember what I was going to say. If they do decide to part ways with Howard, which could happen, we'll wait and see. There's still lots of time for that to play out. you got to jump on the Clint Capella train. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be amazing. Like I, I, I would project him like a Hassan Whiteside finish or Rudy Gobert finish where this guy doesn't even see a starter's minutes or a starter's role until the second half of the season. But when he sees those minutes, it's going to be top 10 center or front court option for sure. Do you agree with that or, or will they ease off his minutes? I, I may be projecting too many minutes once Howard leaves for Capella, if he I'll- leaves. I like his game too, but first of all, like I think you're like maybe getting a little bit ahead of yourself here too. Like who who wants that contract uh, right right now? Like only bad teams who are you know or who have like are like completely devoid of talent want a max deal for Dwight Howard. You know, and the other teams that have him too, like like their max player, they don't want to give back in order to make that like sort of making the trade ma- trade machine work too. And people I think need to like sort of – so I mean like if there becomes a credible trade report, then um, then fine. The other thing too is actually they need Dwight Howard to like get to 
like some semblance of his old self for them to have any chance to compete in the East because they're going to be up up against you know in the big West. Time, you mean? I'm, I'm sorry, in the West. In the they're going to be up against bigs like Lamarcus Aldridge, Tim Duncan, DeAndre Jordan. You know, and to have like any chance, he's supposed to be an athletic guy who's you know at supposed at, at minimum supposed to be a top five defender in the league, and he's not that. He's somebody who's getting abused on the defensive end, it's, and it's pretty sad. So. Um, that's the way that I'm looking at it. No, the, the other, the last thing I'm going to say uh, about this too here is, um, you know, what do you get? What can you reasonably expect back in return? That's going to help. Like, that's that's going to help them because right now James Harden is playing like a one man team. Like Trevor Ariza, his stats are down, his defensive numbers are down. You know, like they're, they they need another another go to guy, and I don't know how you get that in return for somebody who's damaged goods like Dwight Howard. So it's a tough situation. Yep, tough situation indeed. The only thing, I mean, I will say this. The the Rockets are still middling around. They're 12 and 14, and in the Western Conference this year, um, it seems like, you know, if they turn it around just a little bit and make the playoffs, it'll be a dangerous team in the playoffs because if they ever decide to click or the light bulb goes on or whatever happens, I mean, this roster is, is still a really good roster. If you have Ty Lawson start to miraculously contribute and, and Dwight Howard turns it on for the playoffs, it still is a dangerous team in the West, but it sounds like it's going to be a crazy ride, or it looks like it's going to be a crazy ride to get there. Um, final game of the night. Disappointing, really, on all facets, um, because it's never fun to lose to the Lakers, and especially coming off that win against the Warriors, the Bucks lose 95-113 to at the Staples Center. This Bucks team is way worse than anybody thought they were. They're 10-16. and They're 2-11 and away from home. If you look at the box score, um, Michael Carter-Williams, 32 minutes off the bench, led the team in scoring uh, with 19, five rebounds, five assists, two steals, and one block. That happens with him. He can help out all over the place. The problem is you just don't know that Jason Kidd trusts him, and therefore you don't know what his minutes workload is going to be like. So you had O.J. Mayo start essentially at point guard with Chris Middleton at shooting guard. Giannis, Giannis at the – I guess you would put Giannis at the four, Jabari at the three, John Henson at the five last night because Greg Monroe did not play with a sore left ankle. In terms of fantasy, though, are the Bucks some a team that you can rely on besides – Antetokounmpo, besides Monroe, who do you look at for the Bucks in terms of daily fantasy, Josh? Um, I look for somebody like um, Jack Sigma. I think. Was he, <laughs> was he, a, was he a former Buck? I'm trying, I'm trying to think of guys. I don't even know who that is. So. You don't know Jack Sigma? Oh, my God. I think he, he – yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, Ray Allen, maybe Big Dog, some somebody who's not on this roster. Uh, uh, right now. I mean, Chris Middleton had another bad shooting performance. It scored 16 points, but he paid for it 6 of 16. You know, O.J. Mayo has actually been a little bit of a bright spot, but only but went 3 of 11. Michael Carter-Williams had an out-of-body experience shooting 9 of 18. Uh, that's probably not going to happen again this season. He's such a bad shooter. But, uh, you know, and uh, you know, I like what they did uh, in, in terms of uh, starting with this roster, too. What I would actually try to fi- find a way to do is, like, Maybe unplug Mayo, put him back into the the, the six man role, and try to get John Henson in the lineup alongside Greg Monroe because Greg Monroe is not a center. It's not going to. Ha- Josh, they've played I think seven minutes all year long together on the court. Stupid. Jason Kidd refuses to play them together, so it's Stupid. one of those situations. Just like with Levine, we can keep talking about it, but unfortunately, we have to deal with the reality that it's probably not going to happen. Unfortunately. All right, so let's move on. And you know what I want to talk about? I want to know if Nick Whalen went like streaking after they beat the Warriors um, in Milwaukee. <laughs> after that, did that I, happen? I was not with him. Um, although I will say the UFC fight was on um, with Conor McGregor, and that kind of stole a little bit of the thunder. Yeah. And it, I think we were all just kind of set on Christmas Day with the Cavs, and so it took everyone by surprise. I, I actually like – I grew up liking the Bucks, and then they traded Ray Allen, and I soured on them. I grew up in Oklahoma, and then the Oklahoma City Thunder got dropped in my backyard. So the Bucks are still uh, – my two favorite teams are the Bucks and the Thunder. Um, how did I even get off on this tangent? Oh, and, and I was openly rooting for the Warriors to win because I wanted to see the Cavs and Warriors go at it on Christmas Day because Christmas yeah. would have been canceled. We would have canceled yeah. Christmas, and we would all watch this game. And then Christmas would have happened on the 26th this year. We didn't get to happen. Thanks a lot, Bucks. And not really. 
Whoa. Not even so like to just, just took it all all thunder away. It's just like and then they go out and throw up another dud performance. I was like, you can't even get like excited about the way that they're trending, you know. So Right. Sorry for the technical difficulties there. I think we just had a Skype disconnection, but looks like we're gonna power through. You sound good now, Josh. So so we're good to go. We'll keep it rolling with this Lakers team. Anything you want to talk about or or should we jump into some breaking news? Um let's just jump into some breaking news. I don't think we need to talk too much about what's happening here you know kobe had a good game congratulations to kobe you know we could we could sort of move on fair enough um don't get me started on kobe so josh mcroberts dealing with a knee issue has been ruled out for wednesday's matchup with the nets now a couple seasons ago now uh, i guess mcroberts really played a vital role on that charlotte team kind of willed not didn't will them to the playoffs but he was the x-factor to get them there with Miami. Um, he's still a nice piece off of the bench, but I, he's not quite seeing the amount of minutes I thought he would. He's seeing 16 minutes a game. Obviously not a fantasy guy, but is this somebody you think they need going into the playoffs off the bench there to provide some front court help? Uh, you know, that's a good question. For me, uh, I think actually like McBob is not going to be like enough of an impact factor. They should probably and so the, you know what they could do right now is actually go back to Charlotte and sell him back to them because they could actually use him yeah. in the front court. <laughs> so um, I don't know what you could get back in return. Um, you know, it actually would probably make a lot of sense to somebody like Jeremy Lin, who would come back and and who's been performing very well off the bench uh, for them. So if they can get like Jeremy Lin in, in, in return uh, behind them, but you know, but I actually do like Tyler Johnson by the way. But Tyler Johnson is it? He's is good. A, he's a two and a one body. You know, sure. so that's the issue that they have with him, you know, co- coming off the bench behind Goran Dragic. But so is Dragic, by the way. Actually, Dragic is a two playing the one with the body of a tweener. You know, I mean, he's big enough to be a point guard, but but def- definitely plays more like a two. So, uh, yeah, that's sort of the, the situation that I, I would like to see happen. I don't think it's you know, McBob is a guy that's going to, like, make or break the heat season, but they could use him to potentially be in, you know, create a better overall upgrade in the roster if they choose to do so. All right. Just want to let you know, I'm ba- I'm essentially just reading off the breaking news and notes that we have here on rotowire.com. So if you want to check this out ever in the future for yourself, feel free to do that. We, we offer a free 10-day trial, rotowire.com forward slash pod. You can check everything out. We've got lots of lineup optimizers for your DraftKings games. We've got daily projections. And of course, we don't cover just NBA. We cover a whole wide variety of sports. Um, so check it out. Once again, that's rotowire.com forward slash P. P-O-D. Back to the breaking news. Kendall Marshall has been named the 76ers starting point guard, and the job is his to lose per coach Brett Brown. And that, of course, came out today. So what that means in Philadelphia land is essentially that Tony Roten, who just came back from injury, will be coming off the bench unless he starts at shooting guard over Isaiah Cannon and Nick Stauskas. TJ McConnell, who has been a daily fantasy wonder boy, will be coming off the bench and may not really see many minutes at all now with Roten back. And then Cannon, of course, will continue to play mostly at shooting guard. Kendall Marshall, should we be picking him up off the waiver wire, Josh? Yes, yes, absolutely. For one reason is Kendall Marshall is an elite assister, okay? And he makes a lot of sense because if you take a look at T.J. McConnell, T.J. McConnell um, doesn't have like the like an NBA body. He has a – like he looks like Bobby Hurley and out there on the court. he's afraid to shoot as well. Yeah, right. And he's not a great offensive option there as well. He's a, he, he's a guy who like only on the Sixers is he in a rotation. Everywhere else in the league, he's a third guard. Okay, and he's probably going to get pushed back into that with Tony Roden getting back healthy in the lineup. But you know, and when this is actually what the 76ers need because there there are not a lot of guys on that roster that are good at creating their own shot, with the exception of Jalil Okafor, and he hasn't even been like super effective. So that's the issue that that we have. That Kendall Marshall is a guy that. Um, can sort of get you the very best shots um, in in their offense, and they need a high quality grade player like that. And he's a better offensive threat. He's not a great scorer, but he's made some strides in terms of like shooting overall. So he's a little bit of a better option. So for me, I'm actually going out and grabbing him in my 14 team league and in uh, leagues where you play in head to head matchups. There, he's a guy who can be a difference maker, like in the assist category. Oh, most uh, definitely. Well. So a, a couple of years ago, when he split time with the Lakers and the Bucks, he was averaging eight points three rebounds and almost nine assists almost with a full steal as well so he can help you out give you a steal give you some assists I, I completely agree I know we disagree a little bit um, I, I, I tend to say that 
assists. You only can really draft assists. They're so hard to pick up on the waiver wire. I think you said that you're you're more on down the block train with that. Either mm-hmm. way, um, a guy that could easily average at least six assists for the rest of the season if he stays healthy, that's pretty valuable um, in, in a lot of formats, especially if you're struggling. Um, so give him a look. Uh, Nerlens Noel sticking with the Sixers. He's dealing with that eye injury. Hopes to return Friday against the Knicks. Um, any two cents you'd like to say about that? Your boy Jeremy Grant might not uh, see as many minutes as he has been. Yeah, you know what? Um, Jeremy Grant to me is like if Brett Brown gets any sense, he'll figure out a way to work him into the lineup uh, overall. So that's that's the way that I'm looking at it right now. He's st- whether or not he's been starting or off the bench, he's still getting like something in the 25 plus minute range, and he he has like big time shot blocking upside. So I like him, and I think he's actually done a little bit to improve his him from like from shooting outside and from, and from a scoring perspective. So I'm still arrow up on him. It sort of just depends how deep your league. I don't really necessarily think he's like a 12 team play but like 14 teams on uh, on up in deeper leagues where you could use particularly like block shots which is harder to get at, at the small forward position he could make some sense Tony Allen, who's missed the last two games with a knee issue, said he's going to warm up and attempt to play Wednesday against Chicago, of course. Hopefully most of you are listening to this today on Wednesday. Um, Fantasy, I'm not using Tony Allen whatsoever, um, but he still sees a considerable amount of minutes. Him moving back into the rotation, um, does that maybe hurt some, some options that you've been playing around with for Memphis? Or have you been shying away from Memphis on the whole, which has probably been a good idea this season? Yeah, you know what? Tony Allen, for me, can miss all the games if he wants to. <laughs> There's no impact to me. I'm not rostering him. He's like worse than P.J. Tucker, and P.J. Tucker is like where I draw the line in terms of just bad offensive small forwards that, that are like become playable for me. So, yeah, Tony Roden continue to hold it down on defense. You know what I mean? Go ahead and grab, like pinch at their shorts as they're, as the shooter's passing by. You know what I mean? You run past them. Do you, you ever see those guys who do that? It's really annoying, by the way. I hate they that pinch, stuff. They pinch their shorts when you run by? Is that what you say? Like, yeah, you like so you have a a jump shooter who's shooting the shot and you have no chance to like get your hand up and really oh, affect the and shot. Oh, you just run by uh, them. Run by them and like grab their shorts a little bit, like you know, tug at the bottom of their shorts to try to disrupt them. He's one of those guys. You so know what I mean? So I should clarify that you know I play a little rec league ball or play some open gym stuff, and that happens to me often because I get beat often. And so like I don't ever run by them and tug their shorts, but one thing I do is I run straight at them and stop as they're like about to release and just kind of like stomp one of my feet when I do it. It sounds like really <laughs> if you're trying to imagine it, it sounds really stupid, mm-hmm. but I think. It's a, just a last-ditch effort where you're just trying to get in their head like, oh, he's about to run into me. Ah, I missed a shot. I mean, if you're really trying to win, then, then you're playing little games like this. And let me remind you, first-team defense for Tony Allen. Wow. Well, you know what uh, I would do? I think you maybe need to transform your game into short pinching for one. So you can. All <laughs> well, right, here, the problem is that I'm not fast enough to run by and pinch his shorts. I'm, I'm wh- like two or four feet ahead of him as he's taking the shot. Just any, any guy at the gym, really. Well, you might be a little bit more effective just like breaking into a windmill or something right in front of them or something like that. That will be a little bit more distracting than, than a little foot stomp. You know? I, you know what I hate is like the yell, the loud yell when people just like, like scream or like clap their hands over their head. Like, mm-hmm. I guess I do a yeah. foot stomp. I shouldn't be talking. Let's keep it moving. Nobody <laughs> wants to know my stupid tactics on a, on a rec league floor. Uh, speaking of bad shooters, Michael Kidd Grillchrist – dealing with that shoulder injury, has been cleared for some light shooting. But Coach Steve Clifford reiterated that the small forward is without a firm timetable for a return. So uh, even when he comes back, I would say he's a guy that will probably see a lot of minutes, but he's not really a fantasy option. So if you're keeping your eye on his return date, unless you're in the deepest of leagues, there's no really reason to stash him on the IR or anything like that. Would you agree, Josh? Yeah, I agree with you there as well. It's not a lot of value overall. So unless you're like a family member, somebody knows him, <laughs> you know, you got an autograph once or you, you took a selfie with the guy, like you don't need to bother. Fair enough. Tim Duncan will be rested Wednesday night against the Wizards. That should open things up for Boris Diaw, maybe even LaMarcus Aldridge, just to kind of go in there and shoot it as many times as you want, something like that. Um, but if you're playing DFS tonight, obviously there's a very large slate um, of NBA games. Are you putting a little added interest in Boris Diaw, who is undoubtedly at a good price right now? 
I mean, if I if we were going to a buffet together, I would definitely be interested. You are in on fire CL, today, so. <laughs> Josh Hayes FS at Twitter. No, I'm just you keep recommending all these like sketchy guys, you know. I mean, who's well, just have, there's like, lots of people trying to find good value, and of course, you know, when you have a starter go out, you have somebody come in. These are legitimate questions people are facing right now. Yeah, I think if like if you go with Dwight Howard, you own him. You need to change your team name to Dwight Howe. Okay. Like, in as, as how are you ever going to make it out of last place? <laughs> and uh, Boris D. Al, as into like uh, D. Al, I can't believe I rostered this guy and dropped somebody who's actually worth something. Because uh, yeah, Boris D. Al, to me, I mean, look at look at the game logs and the role that he has. Can you really feel like you honestly trust this guy? I mean, to, 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 to have a significant option. The other thing to me that's coming, it's coming. Okay, it hasn't had to happen. But LaMarcus Aldridge is going to figure this out eventually. You know, he's too good of a player for him to just, you know, average, what, 14, 15 a game consistently like that and just, you know, take a uh, secondary role to Kawhi Leonard and, and all that. When Pop figures that out and they get – and, and it, it's not that big of a problem right now because they're still winning at a pretty good clip. They're still, like, destroying teams on defense. So, he you know, he's pretty much bought in. But there's going to be a time where he starts putting up LaMarcus Aldridge lines, oh. you know, and then yeah. – you know, Josh, I completely disagree with you. I don't think that's going to ever happen. I mean, he's a company man. He's playing He's playing within the system. He's doing whatever Pop wants him to do. I think they're the two-seed in the West right now behind the Warriors. Um, they have the best defense rating efficiency of all time or one of the best in the last 30 years. Everything is humming along just nicely, and this is just the new LaMarcus Aldridge. I don't think we're ever getting the Portland LaMarcus Aldridge back. Disagree with you wholeheartedly. You can okay. You can want you can. I mean, they're winning. That's all that matters. And so I don't. They just spread the ball around too much, and that's my problem with trying to pick like a bench player um, for the Spurs. If you're going to rest Parker, if you're going to rest Duncan, is that even if you have someone coming in off the bench like Diaw or or you know, it doesn't even matter. David West. It, it, it's hard to pinpoint if they're going to have a breakout game because. Nobody on the Spurs really has a big breakout game. It's just not really how they're constructed. All right. Well, we shall see, good sir. We Mark it shall down. see. What is the date right. today? It's December. What's we'll the take stat, a look. What, what's, a, what's the stat line right now? What is he right now? He is averaging sixteen points, nine rebounds, um, and so you think at some point they will rise? Yeah, I think he gets plus something closer to like eighteen and a half and ten. Okay, I don't think so. Um, so that's where we'll draw the line, and we will eagerly await the rest of the season to find out who's right, I guess. You know, do we actually have to wait until January to see a Golden State Warriors-Spurs game? I'm looking through the schedule here, and I wanted to be like, ha, Golden State already got them. But it doesn't look like they've played yet, so that's a little bit disappointing. But there's your litmus test right there. We'll yes. see how, how good the, the Spurs actually really are when they go up against the best team in the world. Well, yeah, and we'll see how good the Warriors are when they go up against the second best team here's the other thing to me like think about this for a second okay okay great team ball um you know defense shooting and all that stuff but what kind of formula are you going to have to come up with in order for them to beat golden state here in the playoffs that's what really matters oh yeah see you know winning four out of seven games just seems out of question for any team the only thing i would say is you got to limit possessions um because if you're going to have you know a lot of possessions per game the warriors are just going to beat you so you have to start with limiting possessions taking your shots you know in the last five seconds of the shot clock routinely but of course it gets tough to make sure you get an open shot when that happens and I don't know there's going to be a perfect storm they're going to lose some more games but losing four out of seven just seems unreasonable um, for any team so here's my thing if you think about the blueprint that had some level of success which is the Cleveland Cavaliers in the finals okay Okay. they pounded they played super big and they pounded them and 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 like uh, made the Golden State Warriors pay for playing Draymond at the four okay which you know because Let's be honest to me. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm like as big of a Draymond fan as anybody in the league. And this is like I said, everybody's trying to do what the Golden State Warriors are done, vice versa. You know, like play their three and hope that he's athletic as anybody else at the four. I mean, I just mentioned this here on 120 Sports here, like less than an hour ago, that he's sixth in the NBA in assists. The power forward for the Golden State Warriors is sixth in the NBA in in assists. That's crazy. Okay, having said that, there they're going to need LaMarcus Aldridge and Tim Duncan to go big, heavy, and often in the paint for them to have a legitimate shot, which means he's going to have to up up his scoring output. You're, you can't get 16 points from somebody like or anybody in a, in a game and be and have that be the difference 
for you to win like a series against well, the Golden State. Here's Warriors, the so. here's the thing about that is I think Pop is such a, a mastermind with that kind of thing is that they could reasonably go the entire season never using that strategy. And then in the Western Conference Finals, it's all LaMarcus Aldridge all the time going up against Draymond down low in the block. And they'll be like, where was this? We never saw this all season long. We know he can do this. We know Aldridge could do it. So I I think you know we might see a little bit of, you know, let's just feed Aldridge, maybe kick it out and Kawhi and just have a kind of a two-man game. And everyone else on the court is going to be smart enough to know where to fill in. But I think it's completely reasonable to think that they're just going to hum along the same way they've been playing all season because it's incredibly effective. And then in the playoffs, maybe we will see LaMarcus Aldridge just break out and it'll be all through him. But I, there's just no reason to change things now. I, I just don't see why you would want to do that because they're gonna they're gonna lock up the two seed in the West just fine. All right, well we'll see what happens. Here's the other thing too is like, I mean maybe you can't help it. Maybe the Warriors go like eighty and two, but you should really try to do everything you can to secure home oh. court. Like you know yes. because like you're gonna need every edge possible to beat the Warriors this year. Yeah, well I'm glad we disagree. It's not fun to listen to two people agree with everything they say for yeah. an hour. So um, we'll keep our eye on that. Uh, I'm sure we'll have many hotly debated uh, arguments coming up. So get pumped for that. Uh, Jimmy Butler and Derrick Rose are battling illnesses, but they will play um, and start against Memphis on Wednesday. Kind of funny that these two guys are both ill, probably with the same thing, considering and I didn't think they liked each other. You know what I mean? I think they're hanging out. I think they're actually friends behind closed doors because two peas in a pod, they're both sick right now. What are you trying to say? I'm, I'm saying looking. I'm saying they got a fake fake argument, fake frenemy thing going on. They're, they're best buds. They hang out. I think that Jimmy Butler has serious beef with Derrick Rose because Derrick Rose tried to jack his hairstyle in the preseason. Yes, he had it I was going to bring it around to that. I'm glad you beat me to it. That's why they're so, friends. Same hairstylist, all that good stuff. I think it's, I think it's beef personally and you know and I, I don't think it is but like maybe there was some sort of scuffle and that's why they got in close proximity and traded germs yeah so i have like the opposite view personally but fair enough have. brandon jennings uh coming back from that torn achilles is hoping to play with the grand rapids drive of the d-league over the weekend so so we could be seeing brandon jennings at an nba arena near you sometime next week if everything goes right of course he's going to be very limited on minutes restriction although i will say that van gundy has every incentive to play him quite a bit he's been driving that his starting five into the ground on top of that he'd be a great trade piece um and so he's going to want to show him off someone and if he's if he goes back to the old Brandon Jennings, he'll be valuable for the Pistons, or and he'll certainly be valuable on the trade market. Yeah, the only problem is is the contract, which is pretty cost prohibitive because they paid him like a starter, and then they paid Reggie Jackson like a starter. Right. So I think they probably want to sell here to open up some salary space. But um, you know, like I keep bringing this up over and over, but like the only team, the only teams that you can sell bad contracts to are teams that are devoid of talent. I just keep coming back to like he would probably, you know would be like a welcome asset on the 76ers but other than that like who really wants to you know pay for a guy coming off an ACL injury making that much money so so we'll just have to watch and see how he comes back from injury um if he plays great then I mean people will be willing to have him or take him on because you know he he was he was one of the better point guards um throughout his career up until that injury last last year Brandon Wright will undergo arthroscopic surgery Wednesday he'll be out for an additional six to eight weeks, normally he'd be backing up Zach Randolph and Marcus Saul, but that really is not going to manifest. We'll just keep moving on, Josh, here. Kyrie Irving tweeted on his personal account Wednesday morning that he will not be playing in Thursday's game against Oklahoma City, contrary to previous belief. Yeah, so, I mean, it just it just sucks because you really wanted them to ramp up a little bit before the Christmas Day game, but it looks like he's only going to get like limited action at best. So you know, in, in weekly leagues, you didn't start him anyway, and you probably want to you know give him a, a a few games in in your daily stream league to see him like perform and how limited he's going to be in terms of minutes before you roll him into your lineups. Fair enough. Iman Schumpert dealing with that groin injury, that recently picked up groin injury, has been ruled out for Thursday's game against the Thunder. Looks like he might go back on uh, a resting schedule um, after just coming back from the wrist injury. Um, So temper expectations again for him. Um, They want to get him ready for the playoffs because he'd be a great asset there in the starting five, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, As for now, 
He's injured again. Don't know when he's going to come back. So, Josh, we have a couple of Twitter questions here. Let's jump right into them. Um, one of them is from Chris, Chris Spencer82. Thanks for your question. You asked us, uh, NBA Fantasy 8-category league. Well, I'm just going to assume that's not including turnovers. Gobert, Rudy Gobert for Jeff Teague and Middleton. Thoughts in your podcast? Uh, can you talk about it? And Or rather, sorry, I read that wrong. In the podcast, can you talk us through how you rate injured players? Good question. So let's deal with the Gobert for Teague plus Middleton. I would say do it. Pull the trigger. I'd take Teague and Middleton over Gobert. Do you feel the same? Uh, you know what? It really comes down to team need. Like Teague and Middleton are guys who do two completely different things in Rudy Gobert. So you have to be like pretty confident that you want to subtract that from your roster. Right. To me, the best guy in this on in the in the deal is Gobert, and he's probably about halfway through the like the uh, the rest and rehab time. So I'm okay with that return. I don't love that return because Rudy Gobert was first round value, and he wasn't performing like first round value, but he still has that upside. Um, in my mind, if you see what's happening with Utah too, I think you're going to see a significant shift in what happens with them and how involved he is on both ends of the floor because they're playing bad defense now without Rudy Gobert uh, in the lineup and Trevor Booker slash Trey Lyles at the four um, and using Raul Nito. So it's just like it's gone all sideways for them without Rudy Gobert in the lineup. And, I th- and so, I mean, if you're able to, I think it's a great buy low situation on the other side uh, for me, to be honest. But uh, for me, I want the. Unless I like super stacked at blocks and you know and and you get to you know take advantage of how he has to sit on the on the sidelines for three weeks, I want the uh, um I want the Gobert side because I think he has the best chance to be to create the most impact for your roster. So the general cardinal rule is you always want to get the best player in the deal, and that's that's often the the best way to look at trades in general. In this case, Gobert is the best player in the deal. Well, I just think Jeff Teague and Chris Middleton are so solid, and it, it's a weird trade because you have three guys guys that all do different things and so there's not saying it's not like a definitive well this guy helps you better in this category than that it's 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 a little different I I would I would go ahead and accept a deal of course it's hard to just assess three players it we really need to know the entire teams and whatnot but uh, I would say go ahead and pull the trigger so it sounds like we're 50 50 which probably means it's it's it's, it's a fair trade um, in general, I don't know. Pretty intriguing. I like I like trades that involve three different position players. Um, so, Chris, we didn't really tell you one way or the other. Best of luck to you. At least we gave you some advice. Uh, one more question from Jay Detuno. Um, drop Mayo for Caspi. Nine category Roto. He needs field goal or field goal percentage, uh, boards, threes, steals, and points. Do you think really the big question here is do you think Caspi is going to have long lasting value um, even when Willie Cauley Stein comes back from his finger injury? Right? That's what we're dealing with here because right now I would think Caspi is a little more valuable than Mayo, but that doesn't mean he's necessarily going to have his same value throughout the season. Well, for me, this is how I'm approaching this. Like, if it was bench guy for bench guy, let's say they both get shifted to the bench, okay? Mayo and Caspi, all right? I still want Caspi for overall, like, uh, you know, performance and value. I think he stuffs more categories than, than Mayo does, for one. Two, I don't actually believe that Caspi's leaving the lineup when um, Willie Collie Stein comes back because this team is playing pretty well uh, overall. And, you know, if you're like, if you're trying to do what the Golden State Warriors are doing, which I keep saying over and over, which I'm not trying to t- tell you that the Kings are, are that, but they want to try to replicate that at all possible. Possible, you have a stretch four and a three and you have like as many p- scores who can threaten you from beyond the arc as possible on the floor and so like to some extent that's cousins that's Sami caspi that's rudy gay and that's ben mcamore um it's the only person that it's not is rajon rondo which is okay because um you know the four out of five is just like the golden state warriors have as well i mean andrew bogut and festus zilli aren't shooting th- threes either so that's a good setup and you, you give a chance to sort of i don't want to say redshirt willie call time but just give him like 15 minutes of lower impact off the bench let him do some damage uh in that aspect having said that on the flip side with oj mayo he's really just a scorer only so he's really mostly dependent on dropping threes and putting up volume and he doesn't do a ton else he'll chip in for the assist and you know a few things here or there um but i just don't think he's like an overall more valuable player than caspi is and he's a i think he's less of a bet to stick in the starting lineup versus caspi so there you have it Yep, I think Caspi, you know, could see more starts over the course of this season than Mayo. I will say Mayo has been, has, you know, 
He's been holding his own. He's been sure. holding his own. Let me just give his stats. Um, uh, obviously, he started off the season with an injury, and so he didn't play. But he's been averaging 30 minutes, 10 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, and a half. Um, 1.53 pointers, and that's coming on 80% free throw percentage, which isn't great. Uh, he's not even at that 40-point um, field goal percentage. So... Um, I think I would lean towards Caspi in this. Um, so I'm right there with you, Josh. I think that he will probably stay in the starting lineup even when Willie Cauley-Stein comes back. So I'll slightly lean towards Caspi, but I will say that has Mayo, Mayo has impressed me at this point in the season. Um, and if he continues to start, or he doesn't even need to start. He can still see 30 minutes off the bench and be a viable option. Uh, but it th- sounds like we're both going towards Caspi. Um, so there you go, Jay, Jay Taduno. Um all right, real quick, uh, before we get into our recent trades, uh, Josh, just want to let you know that we've partnered with our friends at DraftKings, as we often do, the great sponsors of this podcast, to run an exclusive Rotowire Fantasy Football Contest. Yes, this is a basketball podcast, but football is still going on. It'll run for the final four weeks of the football season. We're obviously, we're right in the midst of that. Rotowire podcast listeners can participate against each other and Rotowire podcast hosts to earn a seat at the Rotowire Fantasy Football Championship in Week 17. Um, the week five or week week fifteen, I believe, qualifier is now live. It's just five dollars to enter. The winner takes home a hundred dollars and a seat in the week seventeen championship. Join the fun now. Sign up at rotowire.com forward slash draftkings. Um, that's rotowire.com forward slash draftkings. We've also been tweeting it out pretty much every day on the main Rotowire Twitter, so you can check it out there. Josh, let's close up shop with some trade talks. I understand you got an interesting situation in one of your leagues. All right, so here's this this trade scenario that came down between uh, the first place team who trades away Harrison Barnes, who we know is injured, and Tyson Chandler, to the fifth place team. And these are both, both of these guys that I know. It's been in a long time, 14-team Roto League. All right, now the first place team receives Rodney Hood and Bradley Beal. I screamed about this trade, and I said there's no way this trade should be processed. It's so uneven. Uh, in my real mind, quick, real quick, I just want to I want to write it down. So we have okay. we have uh, Tyson Chandler. Mm-hmm. And Harrison Barnes, right, for Rodney Hood and Brad Beal. Mm-hmm. Okay, and all right. So sorry, I just wanted to make that clear. All right, so you think it's unfair? Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. Well, like you're the commissioner, you see this trade, and you have two guys getting, um, you know, starters minutes. To me. I would take Hood all day over Harrison Barnes right, right now. I mean, well, Barnes is okay when he's in the starting line, but he's not more valuable than Ronnie Hood in my mind. And Bradley Beal smashes Tyson Chandler in so many ways. And you have the like the injury factory that's sort of um, like mitigating itself because both Harrison Barnes and Bradley Beal are injured in this spot, so you don't even get like the benefit of like, oh, well, Harrison Barnes at least he's playing right now. You can't even make that case, you know. So I'm trying to understand like what the other guy is getting that he's supposed to like out of this deal i would i would like give serious consideration to rejecting it am i missing something here or what what are your thoughts you're a commissioner you see this what do you do i pass it but i'm i'm a pretty lax commissioner if somebody wants to make a dumb mistake then i will go ahead and let them do so uh tyson chandler <laughs> if you look at his stat line it's not good so far this season for the third joke of a trade way uh, just don't you don't you feel like this is pretty like out of whack for the most it part is, I mean, even it is out of whack, but the thing is that we don't really know with Beal. I don't know his is it stress fractures that's that's kind of creeping back up into things, and so there's a little issue there. The thing is that when Tyson Chandler, Tyson Chandler is healthy, he hasn't even been that good, and he hasn't seen that many minutes. So you can't even make the argument like you know if Tyson Chandler this would work out. Barnes, of course, like you said, um, yeah. So it, it's a lopsided trade, and I'll give you that, but. I'm always in favor of letting people make dumb mistakes, and this would be a dumb mistake, but I wouldn't necessarily veto it. Um, All right. uh, That's where I'm coming from, but, you know, unless it's obvious tanking, how many – it's a 14-team league. Yeah, and the guy's in fifth place, so I don't think it's tanking, but I think it would – yeah. um, Dynasty? No, no, no. It's just season – like redraft, 14-team redraft. Okay. So in the the team in first place gets like – Bradley Beal and it gets the best two players in the deal uh, in my mind which is annoying to me you know and I just like 
and the other guy is like a sort of a newbie, but he's in fifth place. You know, I mean, he's played season long before, but he doesn't stay on top of like I like I just struggling to figure out what he feels like he's going to get out of Harrison Barnes, uh, or you know that he wasn't that he couldn't have got out of like Rodney Hood or and or Bradley Beal. You know, I think so. I think you can chalk up Hood and Hood and Barnes are equal. Beal and Chandler are not equal, but. I here's here's something that I found many times with playing you know playing fantasy in general, especially with with people who are just joining it for the first time, is that name recognition is is key with people who are playing for the first time. So somebody like Tyson Chandler, who's been around the league, he's generally considered as one of the better center options. There's a lot of name recognition there with him. Harrison Barnes, maybe it's like a warrior thing or something like that. Whereas Rodney Hood hasn't been around. Bradley Beal is good, but he's still an up-and-coming player. And so that'd be my only go-to is that it's all name recognition here. So, you know, what? when I uh, invite people to play fantasy for the first time and we do the draft, those are always the guys drafting your Dwayne Wades, your Kobe's, your Dwight Howard's, you know what I <laughs> yeah. mean? And yep. so that would be my only premonition here on this is that he's just a new guy, name recognition, and he's just following it through with trades because obviously it is lopsided. I wouldn't veto it, though. All right, fair enough. All right, so I'm in a staff keeper league. Uh, Shannon McEwen and Ken Kreitz love to talk about it. I think they actually update it every Friday on their pod. So if you want to follow along with a quote-unquote expert league, go ahead and, and do that. Catch them on Fridays. I will say I just I just did a trade, I think, last week. Um, it is a, it's a keeper league, and I traded away Matt Barnes and Andre Drummond for Otto Porter and Julius Randle. It is a nine-category um, uh, league, and then so I was last in free throw percentage. The mm-hmm. way the contracts break down, I was going to have to get rid of Andre Drummond this year anyway. I think I'm eighth out of 12 right now. Um, I took over this team, uh, 8 out of 14, I believe. I took over this team. So this is my first year in the league. It's not any of the players I chose. Um, So essentially, I got rid of Andre Drummond uh, for Otto Porter and Julius Randle, two guys that I think I'll be able to keep on my roster for the next three years. Um, And I traded it away to a team who was devoid of rebounds and is in contention this year. So what do you think about that? Uh... After I wonder you're done if, yawning, so obviously it wasn't of too much importance to you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was in full nap mode, and I was like, "Okay, he's done talking." No, <laughs> no. no uh, to be honest with you, I wonder if you couldn't have got more out of the, uh, out of Andre Drummond. Like, if you I thought that too, a bit more too. See, like, the, did you shop him properly? Well, you, I put him on the trading block, and everybody received an email. So um, that was the only offer I got. I will say this is that the player or the team that I traded him to was first in free throw percentage and bottom three in rebounds. So it's probably the best fit. It was the, the best group. fit. And um, I mean, it's hard to win a league with Andre Drummond, a, 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 a rotisserie league. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in last in free throw percentage um, solely because of him, really. And so. Uh, it, it's it's tough. It's not anybody I want on my books, and you know I'm in 76ers mode where I'm tanking. I'm trying to revitalize this roster, get it how I want it for the next couple seasons, and and that's what I had to do. I'm not crazy high on Otto Porter or Julius Randle, um, mm-hmm. but it was kind of trade with him or trade with nobody, and I just went ahead and pulled the trigger. This is what I like to do, okay? Um, as a you know season negotiator, and I'm not saying you're not a season negotiator, but these are like some of my trade tactics that I like to employ. Sure. Okay. What I will do and like, you know, owners can see through this, whatever, but if they really want, like you, you, this is hard. So you can sort of gauge how much they want Andre Drummond is like, I will like, um, if you were willing to take this trade, which you were, because you accepted it, I will not cancel or, or counter that trade. I will send him a separate offer, you know, and saying, give me a little bit more. Okay, give me this guy who would, you know, like a th- make it a three for three deal or a three for two or whatever. I need to, if you want Drummond, just throw in this guy, you know, and see if you can squeeze him for a little bit more because I feel like you might be a little bit light on the return, but I understand the reasoning. You know, people know that this they're, they're, he's renting Andre Drummond, but if this is a guy that could, like, you know, put him over the top for, you know, like a championship or the playoffs, then he, he becomes more valuable. And you want to sure. trade sooner than later because you want to fix your free throw percentage as soon as possible. So that – and anybody who, like, is a seasoned veteran, veteran, if they see your trade, they should probably reject that second offer because they're like, well, if he was really, 
going to like if he really wanted more he would just straight up counter which which cancels the first offer that i that he offered me you know so like you can go bold style and say listen i'm going to counter you know and then just which takes that first trade off the table or you can do the safe play which is like let me see if i can get a little bit more or you can do you can go bold face lie mode which is like which i'm not above uh above doing but like listen i got a couple offers Okay, I just need you to give me a little bit more, and then you know I really like this guy in your deal. So if you can give me this guy, then we have a deal, you know, and just make it sound like there's some heavy demand for Andre Drummond. And he has he has to to get his offer competitive, you know. So those are the three three tactics that I would have recommended to you. Great to hear. No, that's exactly what this podcast venue is for. Thanks for sharing. Um, I will agree. You know, we'll we'll see how things shake out. But I'm in Sixers mode where I'll take on your Kendall Marshalls. I'll take on your TJ McConnells right now. Not actually, literally. I don't want those guys whatsoever on my team. But it, um, figuratively, um, it's quite interesting being a fantasy owner and, and tanking. I, I don't like it, but you know, sometimes you got to do it. Josh, that's going to do it for us. Thanks so much for listening to this Wednesday Rotowire NBA or Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Um, once again, you can find me on Twitter at trainer dj you can find josh at josh hayes fs any lasting words of wins wisdom before we get out of here josh google's jack sigma i did by the way <laughs> uh, now i know who he is he's, he's 611 pretty, center he's, yeah he's he like, played with the bucks from when he was 31 to 35 the dude played at least 68 games in every single one of his seasons so um he was an iron man he was he was good he was good first round pick eighth pick overall 1977 nba draft um but still go out find out who he is like me <laughs> yeah there's actually an article from kevin pelton that says that uh you know his better numbers are better than mullen morning and rodman and should be in the hall of fame so uh free jack sigma from the clutches of the non-hall of fame <laughs> Free everybody. Thanks for joining us. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.